0: Yeah. Like I saw a great thing, which is that like Hugh Jackson's final act as a Browns coach was to tie in a power struggle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like.
1: So, hello, and welcome to All Four Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. We've hit around the halfway point, so shit started to hit the fans. So we brought in a couple extra people to talk about stuff this week. So, hey, we've got Connor here. We've got Harry. Hello. We have Ronan. Hello. We have for early listeners of the show, we'll remember Dave, Hello. and we've also got Emmett, capital J journalist on the, uh, on the pod as well, hey Emmett.
2: I am truly fake news, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so how are we getting on lads, any crack? Had me dinner, ready to do a podcast, <laughs> happy like, out, minutes ago I was the angriest man alive, now I have eaten so I now the calmest person alive.
1: Not bad, not bad, what about yourself Fitz, how's all in Cork? Quite as usual, i too excited down here. Jazz at the weekend. Okay. Oh yes, yes, the jazz festival with its yes. jazz cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> what well, about yourself Dave, you're out Farn. how's out foreign?
0: Good, good. Just literally off the U-Bahn about 20 minutes ago, just in the door, pouring rain. But it's going to be 20 degrees tomorrow, so can't complain. That's
1: not bad. It's like minus 4 degrees outside here in Dublin at the moment, so it's not great. I suppose we've got loads to get through and lots of people to chat, so we will kind of fly through this a bit. So straight into the main news stories. Finally, it has happened. Cleveland have fired head coach Hugh Jackson, and as well as that decided to fire... Todd Haley for good measure uh, they've named Greg Williams to be the interim head coach Freddie Kitchens as their interim OC I believe he was the running backs coach Uh This was handled very messily in that a story came out that they were going to fire one of them. They hadn't decided which one. They then decided to fire one of them, then decided to fire two of them. Then announced a head coach uh, who, what was his name again? Al Al Saunders. Al Saunders. uh, And then they decided that Al Saunders wasn't a good enough decision, so they changed that decision again. This comes after, obviously, a terrible run of games. I think it's uh, 36... uh, sorry, three wins, 36 losses, and a tie. A tie. Yeah, exciting times. Um, so I suppose, Dave, you are a, uh, you are a Browns fan. Uh, is this a sense of relief to be out from under a giant boulder, or is this the feeling that you're just going to have to start pushing it back up the hill again now?
0: Well, yesterday I came home from work and saw that he'd been fired, and it was like Christmas. And then I saw... That Todd Haley was also fired, and it was like having two Christmases. That was absolutely, the best feeling. There's been a lot of dysfunction in the eleven years that I've been a Browns fan. I think there's, I think in the time I've been a Browns fan, I think I've watched maybe less than thirty wins in the entire eleven years that I've been wow. a Browns fan. And it is tough, but the, this was just some of the worst, like. Watching it, they won some games early and everyone's like, it's grand. We turned it around. Baker Mayfield was amazing. And then to watch them slowly slide back down, and it was just due to incompetence, was just the most disheartening thing. And then there was rumours that Todd Haley was going to get the head coach job. Or there's rumours that um, apparently Hugh was on the way to fire Todd Haley when they stopped him and called him in. I heard that, To say that he was fired. (laughs) (laughs) Which... Like, Hugh, Hugh Jackson can't even throw someone under the bus anymore. how <laughs> so bad Hugh Jackson is as a coach. Yeah. Like, so a great thing, which is that, like, Hugh Jackson's final act as a Browns coach was to tie in a power struggle. Like, <laughs> like, like, an awful head coach. He's got no principles with regards to how he should treat his own staff or how he should treat his own players. And I think everyone was sick of him, so I think the time has come. And I think this is the last season now, but I'm just hoping that they'll stop like running Baker into the ground, running Miles Garrett into the ground, and then when someone proper takes over next year, they'll still, they'll be like husks of
2: players. Yeah. Also, go I have got i of Haley here, because Steelers fan. You don't know how much luckier you are to have lost Haley, than ben, ben Jackson. Boss Todd, whatever. He's just so terrible. He is the worst offensive coordinator, he's a ridiculous rep, because you have to have... Ben not falling over Roethlisberger like he was before Ben became what he currently is, and managed to have Lev Bell and like Todd Haley is terrible with running backs. Always has. Doesn't actually realise you can run the football. He managed to you know somehow get by with these two guys, but we've even seen. Now that Lev isn't playing for Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh actually have a decent running game, because James Connor, who was replacement back number 101 or whatever in yeah. a Madden game, is putting up good numbers purely because Todd Haley isn't there. So mm-hmm. I think Cleveland immediately are getting better on the ground purely by getting rid of Haley, but it is so funny that Hugh Jackson couldn't even get as far as firing him oh yeah that is hysterically
1: funny it's madness like Uh, so Greg Williams obviously taking over Uh, he's a stopgap measure Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they go after I've heard a couple of names bandied around about potential coaching hires from college that are attached to Baker Mayfield they don't reckon that the current one would come out because he's I think being paid about five and a half million a year and it's (laughs) expecting a pay bump but possibly the previous uh, head coach from that team uh, who I think worked with Baker for a year is being touted as well as a couple of NFL names um, they're the first out of the gate to be available uh, for a hire, so they'll probably get a bit of a jump start on some of the other people for who they'll get to interview. But it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think my personal favourite, and I suppose we can go around if we have any of our favourite moments of the uh, of the Hugh Jackson era. My personal favourite was when they won in overtime and he told them, no, get back out there. There's still two seconds left to play. That was a, that was a personal favourite.
0: Oh. I don't even know what my favourite Hugh Jackson moment was. Um, probably when he said after the last game they asked him why he didn't use his uh, timeouts at the end of the uh, of the second quarter mm-hmm. and he said he didn't remember the plays they were talking about <laughs> The anti-Sean
1: McVay Oh my god Yeah that exactly That's fantastic um, I suppose there was the, 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 the failing to give picks for AJ McCarron because they didn't understand how phones worked
0: That was this time last year Today is uh, the anniversary of that <laughs>
1: That is remarkable. This is, uh, is something else. So I must say, like uh, overall, I think this is only arrow upwards for the brand. In, in, in fairness to Hugh Jackson, he did give Cleveland the parade. He did. Uh, he jumped into the river, didn't to he? The lake, but he, but he, he waited until it was very warm. <laughs>
0: and the first of the 31st is forever Hugh Jackson Day mm. there
1: you go. we'll have a look now at a couple of the trading extensions so uh, this will be coming out on Thursday but at the moment while we're recording it is literally the final hour and 10 minutes of the trade deadline uh, so will just give you a couple of updates on ones that have happened Philadelphia have traded a 2019 third round for Golden Tate from Detroit uh, Tate had one year left on his deal um, and would presumably provide a, uh, a compensatory pick in around third or fourth round when he leaves so it's essentially trading a, future, a current pick for a few Future pick for a one-year rental of Golden Tate. Houston have traded a 2019 fourth and a seventh for uh, Demarius Thomas from the from the Denver Broncos. They're also sending a 2019 seventh with that pick uh, which is I suppose this is probably to fill in for the fact that Will Fuller got injured last week and is now gone for the season. And uh, Detroit have decided to trade a 2019 fifth round pick for uh, Snacks Harrison from the New York Giants who according to all reports are now open for business and everyone with the exception of Saquon Barkley is available for trade Um, and other little bits of news are uh, Daniel Carlson has been signed kicker for the Oakland Raiders and Denver have cut Chad Kelly after he was caught drunk off his face uh, trespassing into someone else's house. So these are some interesting moves. Uh, Do we like the wide receiver pickups for these teams? Yeah I think I I actually really like the Golden Tate one
3: because um, the Philly have really been struggling to get consistency out of that passing game. We know they have guys like uh, with big playability like Alshon Jeffrey, and when he feels like a Nelson Aguilar, but they haven't really had a reliable possession receiver. And they tried; we seem to try to do that with the running backs, Wendell Smallwood and uh, Corey Clement in the last few weeks, and it hasn't really worked. So having a guy who can be a reliable target, a guy who can move the chains, um, which isn't all Tate can do, but I think that's the fundamental role the Eagles have been missing, is that they've had their quarterback has been playing very, very well, but the receiving has been really, really scattergun over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And in that sort of short to intermediate zone, other than Zach Ertz, they've really been struggling to make things click. Bringing in a guy like Golden Tate, who, who, who you know can play physically, who can play uh, sort of over the middle and on those sort of short, quick routes, mm-hmm. um, and, and move that down the field. That's going to be, I think, a huge benefit for a team that's been really struggling to recreate last year's form this year.
1: Yeah, now I fits. We talked about this on previous podcasts. So like. As much as Philly need a bit of help At the wide receiver position Surely the issue is They don't have a large Between the tackles Kind of running back They've got a group Of three or four Who are all kind of Trying to piece it together But I was expecting More of a move For like Shady McCoy Or something like that Rather than a move In for a wide receiver Am I wrong?
4: Like I think this is a, It was another need I think they're a team That obviously They believe they're, they're obviously In a Super Bowl window They just come off A Super Bowl winning team So I think When you're faced with the fact That Alshon Jeffrey Still coming back from injury He looked alright and then Nelson Aguilar is okay, but there's really no one outside of that, besides the tackers, that they'd be able to rely on. So I just think, you know, I think the Eagles have always been a team under Harry Roseman that are willing to make big moves, big splashes. I think like a half-year rental to kind of give you that chance to reinvigorate that offense, which is kind of stuttered a lot with a chain mover like Tate, really makes a lot of sense. I think Harry's completely right there. So, I think Philly, they like trading. It's worked, out, worked for them in the past, so I don't see why this wouldn't work out any, any less so than the previous plays. So, like, yeah, maybe they'll go for running back in the hour between now and the end of uh, the trade
1: deadline. But, yeah, well, hey, well, we'll probably come back to this at the yeah. end of the podcast to say, like, on here are all the bits that we missed during it, but yeah.
2: There are a lot of trades happening, you know, just in general, to be honest, because, like, NFL trade deadline isn't normally a pit of excitement. You know, it's like, yeah. it's pretty much, some, oh, yeah, you know, somebody traded, like, their third choice running back for a future seventh round pick. Uh, you know, that'll be kind of as exciting. I guess, like, we're seeing, like, actual football players moving, if you know what I mean, guys who will see real time. So like interesting just that it's actually we're seeing like a, a Tate, Demarius Thomas, he's gone to a playoff contender, but he's a playoff contender from the AFC South. So that kinda comes with a giant is you know qualifier possible. Yeah. You know, Eli Apple, you know, he's free, he's free, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like uh, actual players who were, know what a football field looks like uh, in a professional sense moving a trade deadline is not a normal thing. No, that is
3: the most generous thing anyone has ever said about Eli Apple. <laughs> he didn't actually he didn't
4: look bad
1: this week, to be honest. Uh,
4: yeah, I think it was Demarius Thomas, like Houston. That's a massive need there. I think they were yeah. gonna have to run a Sammy Coates. and a man called Vincent Smith. Except Vincent is spelled with a Y instead of a. a Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> or Vincent. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, where's, it's, the y? where's the why? Where's <laughs> the why? It's V-Y.
1: Yeah, Vincent.
4: <laughs> so yeah, like I think Kiki Guti was okay, but he's got hamstring issues. So yeah, I think like the various Thomas. I think he's a bit like he's like a poor band's, uh Don Hopkins, to be honest. But yeah, when if desperate, you're willing to kind of go whatever's available.
1: Fair enough. Uh, we'll move on and we'll have a look at uh, crime and punishment because uh, kind of the, the, the Denver Chad Kelly cut kind of ties into this as well. He got drunk at a Halloween party, didn't know where he was and is now no longer on a team. In other news of backup quarterbacks, New York Giants quarterback Kyle Loretta was arrested on a traffic violation this Tuesday morning. He apparently stopped, uh, refused to obey a police officer's direction and I think he was very close to like running him over with his car and there are suggestions that he might have been under the influence but we don't know anything clarified on that. Uh This is a bit of a weird one. Like, what is it with backup quarterbacks not wanting to like see the field? If I was if I was a backup quarterback in New York Giants, I wouldn't want to be behind this offensive line. I understand that element of it, but like this seems like a really extreme measure to just avoid, right?
2: Yeah, like you know, I think I shared with you guys earlier these strangers in a train analogy. Somebody made that it's how Case Keenum uh, and Eli are keeping their jobs because. Well, heaven knows, like Eli right now, whatever about the whole, they came back for one more year behind him. They started to make McAdoo look like he was making the right decision, for goodness sake. Yeah. So it's like, this, like, you know, Laletta had a real chance of seeing the field at some point this season, mm-hmm. uh, which is really impressive given most people probably don't know he even exists prior to this traffic stop. And uh, yeah, now both him and uh, Swag, uh, well, we'll probably be seeing it because I'm assuming Laletta's going to get cut for this because he's very dispensable.
1: Yeah, but we'll see, because uh, they, they don't really have a huge amount of options on that roster. Jacksonville players over in London this week uh, got themselves in a bit of trouble after trying to walk out on a fifty grand bar tab. Uh, they went out on the Friday night and went to a nightclub, and for some reason seemed to believe that all of the very expensive drinks that were being part of them were free, uh, even though obviously as NFL players they're not particularly well known on the club scene of London. <laughs> um, so they went to leave without it, the cops were called. This is gonna cause a huge amount of issues, obviously, because one, they really shouldn't be out at 4 a.m. in the morning, like a day before they're meant to be playing a game. But also, like, it just seems incredibly stupid to try and walk out of a place with 50 grand of a bar tab. To- like, Dave, what is the biggest bar tab you've uh, tried to walk out of a, a nightclub in London with without paying?
0: Um, I can't say that I've had that particular experience, <laughs> um, but I do think that I would consider that reparations.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: <laughs>
1: Good God!
3: It's a political podcast. I yes, like
1: yeah. yes. Uh, we haven't gotten to the controversy corner yet. Woo! Uh, also, linebacker Michael Kendricks uh, has been suspended for eight games, uh, but he's getting credit for time served, so he will um, uh, return in Week 14. Uh, do we see him making an impact in Week 14, Harry?
3: This whole situation is so weird. I don't know. I mean, like, a guy coming back with two weeks left in the season who presumably hasn't been, like, practicing properly, I, it's yeah. unlikely, especially considering the fact that there is a chance that he could go to jail at literally any minute. Yeah. Um, so I don't think And a he was only
0: traded problem. to the Seahawks, like, a week before he got suspended. Yeah. Or not suspended. He got cut from the Browns and then he was picked up by the Seahawks. That was it, yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh... I'm very surprised when it comes to this yeah it's a bit of of an odd one Uh, on Controversy Corner this is the first time this has happened I believe mid-season the NFL have fired a Downs judge after missing an obvious fake start so basically because he made some mistakes in calling a game they fired him this is an interesting one because I don't think it's ever happened beforehand like we have complained a lot about some of the refs uh, over the years and the mistakes that they've made and how they can impact games but does this seem like an overreach fits to try and rectify that like it would be one thing to say you're like you have to go and ref like the Oakland Raiders games for the rest of the year. Like that's punishment enough. So you don't necessarily need to be kicked out of your job, right?
4: Yeah. Well, sorry. The official line is that, you know, this comes after a series of poor um, decisions by this particular line, line judge. And like, to be fair, if you go through the record of any judge, referee or line judge or down judge, you'll probably find someone who's made lots of mistakes because that's the way that they want it to be. I think, In terms of how this is i think it's like the nfl kind of pushing the envelope a little bit because obviously we're only a few years out from the referees going on strike and it'll be interesting to see how the referee union decides to play this going forward because based on their initial reaction they didn't seem particularly happy with this precedent being set so i I don't think it's something that'll become very common but Mm -hmm. the fact that they you know chosen to open this pandora's box at all in terms of how fans might react to future referee decisions may or may not come back may come back to fight the making a task in the future
1: in future days yeah no of course we have a lot of injuries this week so we mentioned there earlier that Will Fuller the wide receiver for Houston has torn his ACL and he's gone for the season uh, Derek Barnett the defensive end for Philadelphia has torn his rotator cuff and he's gone for the season as well uh, Atlanta's guard Brandon Fusco has uh, broken his ankle so he's gone uh, Bilal Powell injured his neck and has gone for the season that initially looked like it might have been a career mm. ender but apparently it's not as bad as it looked and Cincinnati defensive end Carl Lawson is torn his ACL and he's gone for the season. So that's a lot of season-ending injuries. Dave, do any of them stand out for you in particular?
0: It's hard to see where the Bilal Powell's production will be replicated. Like they're not doing great in the first place, and mm. like I don't know where who's going to step in to fill that fill that up.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a gap I, for them there.
0: They have a rookie Trent Cannon who's got some of those snaps, and
4: I think Elijah McGuire, who's like a one-day fantasy kind of guy from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember the
3: name, Maguire is on IR, I'm pretty sure himself.
4: Yeah, he's coming back, he, he's eligible to return from IR. Okay,
1: oh, okay. fair uh, enough.
4: Neither of those are the same level as Powell, so it's likely that Crowell will get a lot more carries. But yeah, I think it's, you know, for Powell, it's probably the end of his time the, at the Jets. Uh, but hopefully he'll be able to come back and play more if he wants to. Yeah, um, know, of course. Like those guys coming in for him, yeah, they're, not, they're really no namers.
1: Yeah, and uh, the Derek Burnett thing obviously hurts the Philadelphia rotation, but to be honest, it hasn't really been getting as much uh, production as it has previously, so it's not really as much of a loss, uh, although it does weaken a spot where they aren't as strong as they weren't before. Uh, other injuries that aren't so much season-threatening, uh, Kansas City Chiefs star wide receiver Tariq Hill has injured his hamstring, so he's day-to-day, and Anthony Hitchens, the linebacker, has bruised ribs, so they reckon he'll at least miss a week, if not a little bit more. Washington's offensive tackle, Trent Williams, has dislocated his thumb, they say, day-to-day, and uh, Buffalo quarterback, Jarek Anderson. Uh, I like this is listed as arm unknown, which is you know probably a fair indication of how his season has been going. And
4: Basically, he fell down on the last, like on the last busy last snap of the game, uh, and then just looked like he didn't want to play football anymore. To be honest, Buffalo
2: Bills tend uh, to have effect on people. Still, the last quarterback the Browns had who had a winning season with Cleveland. Yeah, he got good money out of that. <laughs> yeah yeah. It was like the whole thing was he was going to be the holdover for Brady Quinn who was going to save Cleveland oh yeah Jesus first.
1: yeah uh, we've got a few other ones like uh, Kyle Long's a bit injured Reuben Foster Ronald Jones uh, a few other ones but they're mostly kind of small injuries or week to week nothing too serious um, other random bits of news from around the league uh, Indianapolis kicker Adam Vinatieri has broken the all time points record with 2,544 uh, he is now higher than is it Morton Anderson yeah um yeah, so this is probably just kind of the crowning duel on what's going to be him making it into the Hall of Fame as a kicker, presumably, yes? I yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean,
3: not only the points record, like like you make, you win a couple of rings, you make game-winning kicks in those in Super Bowls. Like, Vinatieri is probably the best kicker in the history of the NFL. That kind of longevity as well is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the next closest active player, uh, I think, is Janikowski, and he's like 800 points behind him. Like, this <laughs> is and the guy can still play like he can play for another few years the way he's going
2: it's yeah. crazy the record is two years older than him by the way George Bland I was checking so if he can get through two more seasons he could be the oldest ever player
1: oh impressive mm, well. uh, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings Adam Thielen has now equaled Calvin Johnson's record of eight games uh, with hundred with over 100 receiving yards and uh, he's also I believe the first one to get that to start a season so first one to start out with that uh, so it's a big one that he might have a chance to break next week against Detroit to some to keep an eye on in that game obviously impressive production but as we say some of these things are a little bit more common now that we've got a bit more pass happy in the league and we're seeing greater numbers being put up this would be a far bigger statistic if someone was doing this in like you know the late 70s I would imagine <laughs> <laughs> um, Dominic Rogers Camardi has decided to retire from football after 11 seasons uh, because you know he was with the Raiders wasn't he? Yeah,
4: that's as good a reason to
2: retire as any yeah, that was Yeah I was, thinking. I was going to say, he was still active
1: I believe yeah, he was on the roster career, yeah. still. I think. Okay. Right.
2: I, I think he retired years ago. No.
4: <laughs> Him and Reggie
2: Delton just hanging out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know. those paychecks.
1: Why not? Why not? Um. Yeah. So obviously, good career. I don't think Hall of Fame worthy career. No. Uh, but you what know, knocking around yeah. for a while, did, did, did a pretty decent job on a couple of different teams. Uh. We've got an announcement about the London Games. There's going to be four next year. Uh, two in Wembley and two in the Hot- Tottenham Hotspurs' new stadium. We don't know anything beyond that. So obviously, there'll be a Jacksonville home game involved in this because they're locked into that for the next three years, I believe. Um, there is uh, some speculation that there's a chance that it would be that the Chiefs might be coming over for that because they were looking at what uh, what away, sorry, what home games the Jacksonville Jaguars have that are not in division and are not against rivals, uh, not against opponents who have played here in the last two or three years so the only ones that are left are i believe the chiefs the 49ers and the potentially the 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 two who finish in the same position as them in the in their conference so obviously as we hear stuff but it's normally around february that we start to hear kind of any form of announcement about that uh we will update you at that point and college football is coming back to Dublin as well. Yes, the uh, Aer Lingus Classic. Yes, Notre Dame Navy. That's going to be good. Yeah, so they're doing it four games team. again. They haven't said it's annual, but it's essentially annual with their ability to, to, to turn it off. Actually, I think you were telling us about this, Emmett, weren't you?
2: Yeah, uh, the downside of working for a payroll publication, I actually had a load of details, so I'll give them a remember from <laughs> well, it. Was, what they're saying is they want it to be five in five years. You start locking into it in case there's some issues with it. Like the previous times, they were going for once every two years. Yeah, It is the same lads who sort of behind the last few games as well, basically, the, the bodies and brains behind it. If he's are living in Dublin, it's a dude who owns fire restaurant beside the Mansion House. Uh, oh, it's one of his many sort of projects. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Notre Dame Navy, the upside of that obviously is that game they know draws in terms of both getting locals interested yeah. and bringing over bodies. The problem they've had though is when they've played games that weren't Notre Dame Navy. So like they had the game in Crow Park in 96 when I think everybody on this call was alive. Uh, and uh, so I'm taking to make, don't worry. Uh, but, like, you know, I went to that when I was like 15, like, and it was a good crowd in Pro Crow Park. Then, obviously, it was a lot more sort of, you know, organized, browser for the 2012 game. Uh, there's a six year restriction on any team traveling overseas for a regular season game. I think for bowls and the likes, there are certain, you know, you know, caveats you're allowed to But essentially, Notre Dame and Navy can't come over again, realistically, for another six years after this game. They're planning for 2020, so that means you're talking at least 2026, and my gut would say 2028, before that fixture was even considered again. Yeah, You're Mm. suddenly left with, you've got to get one school that will bring bodies, which is hard. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have one school willing to give up a home game Which is surprisingly easy But that's usually because that school gets bad crowds anyway Yeah, uh, and so they get a little bit of ticket revenue from last. You know, last time because they're Catholic as heck And so that seems to make sense for Ireland uh, They did okay crowd-wise Even though know, the game was awful against Georgia Tech uh, The yeah. previous one was that obviously was Penn State-UCF Which brutal. is where where which Connor was at mm, um, I, it was I was there. Good. Like, Yeah, there we were a few of us at it to that.
1: What? there was a few of us at that yeah. one actually went down to the absolute wire last second field goal on that one wasn't it's it fucking I don't know we some
0: yeah, whoever idiot
3: we put exactly. in charge of booking the seats booked us into like somewhere we couldn't see the fucking pitch yeah see
1: uh, the uh, difference is uh, Emmett sorted me out with my seats, so we were, yeah. up the, we were up by the press box for oh, we 50 yards. it was great couldn't see shit have they asked the IAFL
4: this time because I know that was the issue last uh, time well no it was it, was, it wasn't the
1: IAFL that were the issue it was that there was, a, there was another crew as well that were involved so it was like uh, it was like A-E- EF or something like American events era, something, and it was a pair of them fighting over shite. Um, that basically caused
2: the IFA. Uh, my guessing is they basically decided they can get by without the IFA, which they can, even though because the government has decided that randomly, even though the actual stuff written by the government clearly says they can't. So, but I think the answer is ah, capitalism, yes, Uh, fair enough. But
1: yes. yeah, so as we as we get more announcements about that and dates and stuff, I think it's a year and a half away for the next game. Uh, we'll bring that up to you. And just one final bit, because it's a fun one that I just spotted there. Uh, for the second time in as many seasons, it's now possible for the 49ers to be eliminated from winning their division in Week 9. <laughs> uh, so that means if the Rams get to 9-0, and uh, the 49ers' loss will drop into 1-8, and uh, which would mean that they cannot win their division anymore, which is very impressive, to be honest. Yeah. Very impressive. Uh, that is Quick? Yeah, that is a quick move, but I suppose having an undefeated team and you only winning one game probably (laughs) helps it along a little bit. Uh, Getting getting swept by the
3: 2018 Arizona Cardinals
1: is just... (laughs) It says a lot. Uh, And with that, we're going to move on to have a look at some of the games from last week. Okay, so first up in the Ring of Honor, we have uh, Green Bay at the LA Rams. This is 27 to 29, finishing up at the tail end. Very exciting game. Uh, Green Bay uh, were able to match LA Rams and looks like it could well take the game, but a massive mistake at the very tail end on special teams cost them dearly when Ty Montgomery decided to take the ball out of the end zone, even though apparently the rumor is that he was told not to, and he immediately fumbled it with, uh, I believe, 35 seconds left on the or about a minute left on the clock. Um, Which was, uh, just under two minutes because he yeah.
3: wasted the two minute warning as
1: well yes he wasted the two minute warning so killing any chance they had for a last second comeback they were only a point behind at this point uh, or sorry, two points behind so a uh, a field goal would have done it for them so uh, incredibly stupid on his part uh, this is the first game that the Rams kind of came back down to earth but I suppose many people would say it's a sign of a very good team or a Super Bowl team if they can win when they're not firing on all cylinders we still saw the running back go off again be incredibly smart and in fact Alex I'll come to you on this first high. like that performance from Todd Gurley was excellent but the awareness he showed at the tail end to not go for the touchdown to just say I'm going to hit the ground make sure we run out the clock and just win this game is a kind of awareness that you don't normally get from a player who's only in his what third year at this point yeah he's a young
3: fella it was really really good to see that I mean obviously it was quite funny with him afterwards calling out all the fantasy football owners and gamblers <laughs> yeah. who were pissed off It It was right and it. It's like the antithesis of what you saw from Ty Montgomery. And I think that's the difference between somebody who is playing with confidence and somebody who isn't and somebody who knows they're good and somebody who's trying to prove a point. And Gurley knows he doesn't need that touchdown. Yeah, he's chasing a record. But is he really? He's not. Like, This team wants to win the Super Bowl. You sacrifice that to do it. Whereas Montgomery, who's obviously on the roster bubble when he is now anyway, Mm -hmm. um, made a really poor decision. This is another incredible game from Gurley and it took a while to get going. We've seen that a few times this season that Gurley can take a little while to warm up and it looked like Green Bay were doing a reasonably good job of containing him, particularly on the ground um, for the first period. But we saw, uh, again, the versatility he can bring that he isn't just like he's... You look at this guy and he's built like a between-the-tackles runner. Mm-hmm. But his ability in the passing game and his ability to run outside, take sling passes, cut outside is what's made this season so incredibly special for him. The fact that he's smart enough to do what he did at the end of the game and just, this is a guy who just can do everything. I don't think we've, I don't remember the last time I've seen such a just like fully, Complete running back, yeah, in the
1: NFL, it's remarkable what he's yeah. doing this season. It's absolutely shocking, and I must say, like this Green Bay defense, because it, it was a question coming into the season and one that they seem to have rounded the corner on. This Green Bay defense started to look actually very good. The defensive line were getting pressure. Jair Alexander was all over the field. Like it was, it was very impressive. Dave, when you look at this Green Bay team, they've obviously got a tough schedule ahead of them and stuff, but that defense is starting to round into form. Aaron Rodgers is always Aaron Rodgers. They're up against New England next, but like. This is a team that is definitely in the Hunt for a division and one that looks a bit more rounded than maybe it has been in previous years when it's won that division.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely would agree with that. I I actually think that um, Mike Pettin might have dirtied his big a bit in Cleveland as the head coach, but I do think he's still an excellent coordinator. And I think that his defenses have been set up very well. The players, it's a complicated scheme, but the players seem to have bought into it. Mm. And I think you can see what it's capable of doing. Like that's a very hot offense on part of the Rams. And I think it, it... almost paid off for them. And when they're offensively not getting things going as well as you may expect from an Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers has had to do Aaron Rodgers things in under two minutes to kind of keep them where they are. But I think... The defence will keep them in games, and then when you've got Aaron Rodgers, that can make a very big difference. So I think they've they a very good chance of getting something this, uh, this season anyway.
1: Fitz, when we look at this LA Rams defence, obviously it's well-tied. They picked up a lot of pieces in the off-season to try and make themselves uh, as strong as they can. It hasn't really been performing to the level we're expecting. Peters has given up a couple of plays, but we know that he's kind of boom-bust. But overall, that secondary is looking shaky. Uh, obviously, they get pressure up the middle from, uh, from Aaron Donald and the likes, but, like, the the lack of skill in the linebacking core, potentially some issues with scheme, uh like this this isn't what we were expecting when we were looking at this team in the offseason.
4: Yeah, they're kind of an inverse of the kind of bend, don't break kind of philosophy. They kind of give up a lot more big plays than you would expect from an elite defense. But as you mentioned, Marcus Peters, he's been found peeking into the back into the backfield a lot. And obviously he's still carrying a knock that maybe he's slowing him down a bit, but really he's just been burnt far too many times for someone who was touted as such a high thing. I think the biggest surprise for them is that they've been really poor in defending the run. Like Aaron Jones had an average of 7.2 of carry in this game, and really Green Bay should have kept hammering Aaron Jones down their throat a bit more. You go back to that Seahawks game in which they already lost, in which Seattle just ran the ball again and again on them. I think, you know, when you have Sue and you have Donald, uh, you expect your defensive line to be strength and Brockers as well and be able to stop the run. But whatever's happening there, I don't know if it's a scheme. I don't know if it's the linebacker core. Whatever's happening, there's a definite weakness there against the run and against the best teams, which they're going to be facing a lot of over the next uh, month or so. Yeah, one of those teams can expose them perhaps even the game next week.
1: Yeah, we'll see now. Uh, we've got a, we've got an interesting bit of breaking news just to put a put a pit in this. We mentioned the star at the start that Ty Montgomery uh, fumbled the ball and caused the uh, the Bay to not have a chance. He has just been traded to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so we'll see. We haven't got any details on what they're getting in return for him. But presumably it's just to not have him on the roster anymore. Uh, um, for his life. Yeah. For his
2: life.
1: Baltimore just
3: accumulating a stable of incredibly mediocre running backs. Yeah, it's impressive.
1: Uh, there's also reports going that apparently Jaguars are actively trying to shop Dante Feller in the next 45 minutes. Uh, they're looking for two third round picks apparently which Ooh. seems yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, we'll move on to the neutral zone. This week we're looking at the Denver Kansas City Chiefs game uh, 23-30. Kansas City did enough against Denver with balanced offense. Some Big kind of surprise plays. There wasn't the chunk plays from uh, the quarterback position as much as there was a couple of beautiful ones from Kareem Hunt on the ground. Um, Denver's defense looked very good, but they weren't able to keep it together for the whole for the whole of the game. Uh, that said, they did have a chance at the tail end to try and push closer, although it did require a lot of turnovers and a bit of uh, onside kicking to try and try and get back into it. Um, they did seem to give fits to the KC offence though, which has been prolific so far, but they seem to get to 30 points and just sit on it and do nothing anymore at that point, which isn't necessary. It, it harkens back to some of the worrying things that happened last year, uh, whenever they would get a lead, sit in it, and then proceed to lose in the second half. So fits, when you look at this, do you think that this is this was a last gasp for Denver to say whether or not they could compete this year, uh, and now this means they're going to fire sale everything, or is this something they look at their defence and go, right, this is a building block that we can use moving forward?
4: Yeah, I think on the defence, like they have enough talent there that they'll probably keep that together for whoever comes in. I think at this point it's hard to see Vance Johnson surviving beyond this year, just considering how bad they've been and how uninspiring they've been. And- that defensive talent. I think the defense obviously they'll need to churn in terms of the wider roster, but you know you have Von Miller, you have Derek Wolf, you have Brandi Roby, they're probably, the, they're going to be the building blocks for next defense. I think the interesting thing is on the offense, where you have a couple of you know interesting players in Philip Lindsay and Curtin Sutton, who obviously they're going to build around, obviously with the various uh, Thomas trade, definitely confirming that in the wide receiver core. I think Emmanuel Sanders has been great this year, so hopefully he'll keep, keep him around. Uh, but I think you know, without a quarterback, uh, they're really you know they're still going to be stuck in kind of reverse at the moment. I think Case Keenum, he's fine as a stopgap for a contender, like uh, if you're really desperate. But for a team like Denver, which the overall roster just has too many weaknesses, that you just kind of feel like an eight and 8 team, Case Keenum isn't really going to get you beyond that eight and eight. And for a team which obviously has high expectations, and John Elway, obviously he's like Super Bowl or nothing. I just don't see this team really going anywhere this season. It feels kind of like a lost season. So I think until they get that new coach and until they get that quarterback, the offense is going to have no idea and then we'll see if the defense can return to form with a few nice drafts picks.
1: Well, this is the question I was going to say. uh Emma, I'll come to you. This like, Do you think that Vance Joseph actually survives this season or do you think he's gone middle of the season?
2: Mid-season firings are tough. Is a short version. Uh, I'm going to say that yes, purely in the grounds of. There's going to be so many dumb calls. I was saying, like, you literally fire the very last day, you know, and, like, make sure, like, you know, word is out that, like, it's over, it's gone, but when you're, when you're already at the state of things are getting parked, like, you, you should be able to look for who you're hiring without it being a complete media circus.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. No, it
2: always is. It's the NFL. Uh, right. Like, you got stuff like the, you know, infamous Washington when they were going after Mike Shanahan because we've got to go get Mike Shanahan, and so we will use the boss's plane and just lie to peter king telling him that it totally isn't the boss of the plane going to mike shanahan yeah but it's like it, it should be that hard to but uh, there is not we desire with the nfl like for sports for special sports in general where they just don't know how to be subtle and prevent like frankly people who would be you know not the most investigative of journalists finding out stuff very easily mm-hmm. uh it's 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 a unique talent the NFL really has when I think
1: about it. Yeah, no, it is, it's, it's It's an odd one because I think there was discussion in the offseason as well about changing the regulation around being able to interview existing coaches and stuff like that because there are heavy restrictions on that, especially if they're playoff teams. Um, we will probably discuss that when we get closer towards the tail end of it. Uh, Harry, in this game we saw uh, Pat Mahomes match and then beat the, uh, the, the, the touchdown total that Alex Smith had in his uh, best year last year with the Chiefs uh, seven and a half games in. Uh, I think that kind of shows a bit of a change on the way that they're approaching uh, maybe the team and how to win games but we saw a bit more of a pullback towards the use of the running back over the last two weeks. Do we think that's something we'll see more of down the stretch as the cold weather comes in or is this just another thing another element to try and keep opposing defensives guessing?
3: I think this is this is a balancing I think like Denver are still a tough team we have actually played fair, two fairly close games in Kansas City and you do what you need to do to win the game like you're saying this but Mahomes still had 300 yards passing still had 35 34 pass attempts 4 touchdowns and Hunt he only had 16 carries he only got 50 yards on the ground a lot of it was like Sean Pass so while they were willing to do what was work like with the game script they're still able to adapt to what to what works and bear in mind that mm-hmm. again a lot of what we're thinking of when we think of the running plays like particularly Kareem Hunt's big spectacular hurdling touchdown that was technically a pass play the double yeah. pass so I don't think we're necessarily seeing that I think what we're seeing is a, as a rebalancing versus the incredible explosion we saw at the start from Mahomes to just being like Still, the most important part of this offense, and this is just this is this is how well-coached teams do. They adapt to what's in front of them. They don't wear players out. They mix it up. They vary it. They keep opponents off balance. They keep them guessing. Mahomes is still going to be front and center of that offense. Make absolutely no mistake mm-hmm. about that. But the fact that this is again Casey just doing what they needed to do to win, rather than saying, "Oh, we're going to force throwing it fifty times because the game is a little bit close." Yeah, I think that's perfectly normal. I don't think I wouldn't read too much into that over the last couple of weeks.
4: No, of course. So as yeah, mean- you know, hard to be back in the game has been good for them and that defence is subtly becoming quite good over the last few weeks even with Justin Houston so you've got to be excited for that car
1: I am a bit the only thing that I'm worried about is what the fuck we do with D. Ford in the off-season because uh, he's currently playing at a pace to be like a fucking first-team all-pro this year at outside linebacker so he's going to need a lot of fucking money Um, the thing is apparently we can get rid of Houston fairly cheaply in the offseason so that may give a bit of negotiation power for uh, for maybe restructuring or something along those lines but we'll see uh, that's that's something for deadline and bear in mind like that's what we were saying Houston's yet to come back, Barry is yet to come back there's a few other pieces who are missing at the moment that could be very fun especially now that literally the most difficult part of our schedule is over. The one I've got my eye on and we'll talk about it later on is the game in Mexico on Monday night in I think three weeks time that's going to be an absolute belter. Uh, now onto the dumpster fire this is one I think we said that we weren't going to talk about this team, but it was worth it, um, specifically because of what happened. Tampa Bay at Cincinnati, 34-37. Cincinnati, who are meant to be a very good team following off a bad loss to the Chiefs last week, come back in in what should have been a curb stomping, but wasn't. Uh, it got to be incredibly close, even though Jameis Winston threw four interceptions and got himself benched for Fitzmagic, who once again made their offense purr. I don't know... Why they went back to Jameis Winston? To be honest, like Fitzmagic had a bad game at the tail end of his bit, but like, what was the stats in his first forty games? Forty eight games, seventy turnovers. Yeah, seventy one turnovers in forty eight games. Like that is what Jameis Winston is. I think. I think the thing that I saw a tweet of that kind of summed it up was um, I think we finally you know the answer to the Mariota versus Jameis Winston uh, argument is no. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, yes answer is no. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Cincinnati were a team that we were discussing as being on the rise. So Dave, I'll come to you on this one. Cincinnati, they are a team who have been looking like they've been contending uh, this year, had a couple of very good games, a couple of strong plays against good teams. Uh, but this is, this is a game that should have been easily in hand and was just falling apart for them. Is it that they've lost confidence? Is it that, that they've got too many injuries? What do you think is causing this kind of swing back down to mediocrity?
0: I think that the Bengals have been playing above themselves. I think. I think before the season, no one was talking about the Bengals in terms of um, like there was, before the season, people were talking about where the Bengals going to finish behind the Browns for the first time ever. And they said the Browns had nailed the draft, and was this going to be the year mm. where the Bengals might end up in the basement? And then the Bengals started incredibly hot this season and started racking up wins, stacking wins. I don't know necessarily that they're a great team I don't know how much has changed I think Dalton played well above himself for the first few games I think he's regressed to the mean mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if um, they have a great lot of um, strength on, on their defence either so we'll, I think we'll see how they get on but I, I, I think they're coming back to about where they should be having outperformed for the
1: first half of the season. Yeah, no, of course. Uh, there's been a lot of calls to fire the coaching staff in Tampa Bay. Uh, I suppose putting up 34 points will probably assuage that for a week or two. But, like, does... They yeah, chop-
4: fire more of them, you mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, okay, Fitz, like, what, what you're taking is, like, are games like this where they can put up 30 points going to save that coaching staff? Or is this just a, like, whatever they do, they're gone anyway?
4: Yeah, they're, they're gone anyway. Like, If you manage to, like, ride the lightning with Fitzpatrick, that's not, like, an actual plan for the future. That's literally just, like... (laughs) But is he, like, the Jets when, like, Fitzpatrick was good for them? Like, okay, it's nice the fans aren't... Like, you're not dealing with terrible football, but there's no actual idea of, well, what are we going to do next year? What are we going to do the year after that? And I think for that situation, Dirk Cutter, he was very lucky to survive last season. And I think just with that defense being so, so, so bad... you know, based on this game, it probably wasn't Mike Smith's fault, but you know, someone had to get fired. I don't think there's any chance you could do that. I think you know, at least with Fitzmagic, they can have a bit of fun, and with that defense being so terrible, Fitzmagic will have to throw it down to Deshaun Jackson a lot. But yeah, I think you know, this is just a team that was kind of cursed from the beginning coming this year. They had a really short leash, similar to Cleveland this year. Uh, and I think it would be incredibly surprising if Dirk Cutter was, you know, was still the coach after uh, Black Monday this year. Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I really expect like the entire coaching and for of of Tampa to go along with uh, any chance of Winston being a starting quarterback in this league again on Black Monday. To be frank about it, he'll end up retired. starting somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, there's always a job, but definitely in Tampa, he will be somewhere that's got worse weather. Because uh, he's just like they, they're all tied too much to one another, and like I think the Bucks realize this has been a failed experiment, all those part of it shall no longer be part of Tampa.
1: Mm. Uh, Buffalo, maybe? Oh, god, probably. Yeah,
2: why not? Yeah, um, so, that enough? but
1: yeah, I think, like we said, overall, this is a messy game. I don't think we take a huge amount out from it from either team, apart from like this, the slightly better team got away with the win anyway, but I still have no idea what to make of this Cincinnati team. And so with that, uh, because we've got a little bit more news to get through, uh, we're going to skip the questions this week. We'll do double questions next week and we'll move on to our picks for the games for next week. Okay, so first up we have Thursday Night Football, Oakland at San Francisco. Uh, I've gone from San Francisco, so has Fitz, so has Harry. Although Harry said, why does Thursday Night Football have to hurt me so bad? Uh, Emmett, are you Oakland or San Fran?
2: I'm misery, but San Fran.
1: Yeah, and Dave?
2: San
0: Fran, I guess, but I don't think either of them want to win. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: this is like this is this is a tank off. You're right, Harry Sampran Fran, because. Oakland are just a slightly sadder
3: team right now, and like, look, we don't know if Oakland are even going to have fifty players left on their roster by this time tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is uh, these are two teams in total tank mode. I, Thursday night football has been horrible consistently this year. I don't want to watch this game. Nobody wants to watch this game. San Fran just seemed like a marginally more talented team at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. Next up, we have Oakland at Washington. I say Atlanta at Washington. Uh, so I've gone for Atlanta. Fitz has gone for the Mzungus. uh Harry's gone for Atlanta. Dave.
2: Atlanta.
1: And uh, Emmett.
2: Yeah, Atlanta. A- Atlanta, I think the, the that, that team and what is massively overperforming what it what it actually is.
1: Yeah. See I can kinda of see Bronan's approach here and taking the Bazungus, but Bronan, this is your game of the week. So uh, tell us a bit about it and why you want.
4: Yeah, well it's it's an interesting game. I think Atlanta this is but well, pretty much every game for Atlanta from now till the end of the season is must win. Uh, and it's like basically Tease up their long stretch of away games that they're going to face in the back half of the season. Like, I just think like, the Mzungus, uh a solid team. I think Atlanta, just with the injuries that they've had, have just shown a brittleness that we just didn't expect. Like, I had them as one of my favorites coming into the season, but just the brittleness that they've shown once those injuries happen in the, in the backfield. And actually, their form away from home in particular, and Matt Ryan away from home, has been particularly bad. So I just think, like, I don't think anyone really want to see the as English win and certainly they'll not be one of the teams we'll all be excited for if they make the playoffs but they just seem a team right now that knows how to grind out teams that aren't disciplined enough and right now Atlanta look like an ill-disciplined team who don't know exactly what they're doing after taking those losses if they can get their high-powered offense going yes, they should do this But I just think that that defensive line in particular for Washington has been so good. And DJ Swearinger has been really good as well. That they do have a chance to shut them down. And if that offense gets shut down, Atlanta have no chance.
1: Uh, Next up we have Detroit at Minnesota. Uh, Myself, Fitz, and Harry have gone from Minnesota across the board. Uh, Do you guys agree as well? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Like I think this Detroit team just looks like it's in a bit of a bit of a mess. Minnesota look good, even though they lost to the Saints. There, they just you know, like we said, they're going for some records. should be Should be a good game for them, but probably a bad game to watch. And next up, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Uh, this is a tough one to call. I went Pitt. Fitz went Baltimore. Harry went Pitt. Dave,
0: I'm gonna say Baltimore.
1: And Emmett, do I have to really ask? It's Pitt, right?
0: Yeah, horrible biased Pitt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think so. Is, uh, Harry, to say a bit about this one.
3: These are, always, these are always very tough games between these two teams, not to be cliched about it. But right now, I think we're seeing uh, Baltimore's real limitations on offense. So let's be honest, Ty Montgomery is probably not going to be able to fix yeah. over the last of the while. We've seen the Pittsburgh but defense. But he'll,
1: he'll give them a real like, impact player on return. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Pittsburgh, who now presumably know how to field a free kick, uh, have looked a lot better on defense over the last few weeks. The offense is starting to click like we see them every season. They start off... Wobbly because Ben Roethlisberger spent the entire mm-hmm. offseason eating hot dogs and not working out. And now they're coming into a bit of form. Baltimore, uh, unless Baltimore can really lock down opponents, they can't win games because they're really struggling to score points. They're very tough. But they're kind of mediocre, and that's the kind of Baltimore team that Pittsburgh have been able to beat over the last few years.
1: Yeah, no, of course. Like we said, it's the AFC North. It's a tough game. It's a tight matchup, and these are always brutal, so expect a hard hitting one. Uh, Kansas City at Cleveland. Uh, we've taken Casey across the board. Uh, Evans, you the same? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I believe, Dave, you ought to tell us a bit about this game?
0: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be an interesting. The Mahomes versus Baker shootout in college was an absolute dream to watch I think it was like two million touchdowns I don't think Baker's going to come out on top in this one I do think that maybe if he was if they swap teams I think I don't think it would be a contest but um, I do think that I think actually what would be interesting to see is because the Browns have struggled so much against the run this year and I think things like jet sweeps and screen passes and other designed plays to get the balls into running backs hands are going to be how Kansas do it so I don't think that they're going to get the kind of long throws and kind of like Play action, all action stuff that Mahomes has been doing. I think it's going to be mostly ground and pound because that's what the Cleveland have been so bad at dealing with. But I do think it'll be an interesting matchup, and I do think maybe we might see it be, make a Baker resurgence if he decides to just ignore whatever his coaches are doing
1: and try and
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. man <outman> Mahomes. <laughs>
1: This oh, could be. to will
0: be too busy
4: giving instructions on how to kill Pat Mahomes.
1: Yeah, that's my one worry now. <laughs> this has to be a statement game. <laughs> but uh, just, 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 just coming in as well on the live feed from the trades. Jaguars are trading former first round pick Dante Fowler to the LA Rams. So they were going after uh, that kind of position. We just got the wrong guy. Uh, next up, we have the New York Jets at Miami. I've gone for the Jets. You two have gone for Miami. Uh, what about yourself, Emmet? Dolphins. Uh, yeah, and what about yourself, Dave? Yeah,
0: I'm gonna
1: go with the Dolphins. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've gone for the Giants because I don't know what the fuck the Dolphins are like. It's I, these two, These are two terrible teams who are I going love to being a pastor. We're gonna make a balls of it because they always make a balls of it. It makes sense that the Jets might win one of these games because fuck it, why not? Uh, like. Miami still don't really have wide receivers who want to be in Miami unless that changes in the next fifteen minutes or something. Uh, the New York Jets are confusing and look, fuck it, this is a terrible game. No one's going to watch, so no one's going to know if I get this wrong. But I'll remind you if I got it right. Uh, Jets to win. Uh, Chicago Buffalo. Totally, that's yeah, Chicago Buffalo. We got for Chicago across the board. Abbott, you Chicago. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about yourself, Dave?
0: Oh yeah, no Chicago. Yeah, I want to see how many picks Josh Allen throws. In. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as mentioned, Josh Allen
4: questionably back now. Uh, Derek Anderson could questionably back, so we could be seeing the the return return of Nathan Peterman. Uh, yeah. and that like I, I mean, think he has a voodoo
2: doll of somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that are yeah, like compromising did, he, pictures? Uh,
2: he's, he's a plant by Kaepernick's lawyer. It's yeah, also as well Kaepernick's <laughs> lawyer has planted Nathan <laughs> Peterman in, in the NFL. <laughs> well, he, he, has, yeah, he did describe
4: himself as like Christ's child after that uh, game where he's like I got this and then threw tr- uh, it oh yeah he <laughs> certainly is a child he's like, I, he's like I ignore all that stuff I'm Christ child it's good
1: oh god yeah it's, a, it's an interesting one next up we have Tampa Bay Carolina uh, I've gone Carolina Fitz has gone Carolina Harry's gone Tampa Bay uh, Emmett Carolina and Dave
0: yeah, Carolina. Okay, so
1: Harry is gone for this, I believe, on the basis of he's going to ride the lightning. But you want to tell us a bit about this game? It's your pick of the week.
3: Yeah, like, I, I, so the reason for this is this is this to me is just screams trap game. Like, Carolina are the flakiest fucking team in football right now. They turn up and they hockey good teams, and then we see them turn up and barely limp past opponents. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been electric this season, and. this this to me feels like one of those games where Carolina are just going to turn up and fucking sleepwalk through the first half. And the way Tampa Bay have been playing with Fitzpatrick, the quality that they can have on offense, which we saw through the first few weeks of the season, is absolutely remarkable. And I'm not comfortable with a Carolina team that repeatedly seems to be overlooking opponents, that repeatedly seems to be not turning up for what should be easy games. So, yeah, I think this is going to be fun, though. I think, like, we've seen what Cam Newton can do when he gets hot, and I think we're going to see that in the second half. We're going to, I think we're probably going to see Carolina trying to dig themselves out of another stupid hole. They've got themselves in throughout this game. Tampa Bay are, for like, they are a horrible team, but when Fitzpatrick is just out there just slinging it around, they're kind of like a, a fun team in the dirt yard kind of way to watch. Um, so I think this is actually going to be a surprisingly entertaining game. I think this is a game that Tampa Bay genuinely could win because I think this team actually believes in Ryan Fitzpatrick and the players seem to believe in Ryan Fitzpatrick in the way they don't with Jameis Winston. I think Carolina get lazy. Um, we've seen that a few times this season. So yeah, actually give me Tampa Bay on the upset here.
1: 100%. I am swapping my Oakland, or my San Francisco pick to Oakland. Uh, apparently CJ Beathard is struggling to hold the ball in his sore right fist. He's not practicing and they don't expect him to play Thursday. Oh, Tom Savage. No, Nick Mullins. I don't even know who this guy is well, he's better than Tom Savage so that's <laughs> true presenter
0: on Comedy Bang Bang
1: good God. oh boy, might be better than Tom Savage <laughs> yeah so I'm going to swap that I'll let you guys have a think if you want to swap them
3: later on I, d- I, I, I can't even think about this game anymore I just no. I, I, I do not
1: <laughs> care uh, no, who cares? no hey, Mullins, the first answer is a
2: British journalist, by the way, who works in he's Sports coverage of Rugby. So I don't think it's
1: No, it. probably not that one. Uh, um, <laughs> maybe it is. I mean, they're pretty desperate. <laughs> Next up, we have the LA Chargers it's at the Seattle cool. Seahawks. Uh, I've gone Chargers. Fitz has gone Seahawks. Harry's gone Chargers. Emmett's gone. Chargers. And yourself, Dave?
0: I'm not Chargers.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, I think... Specifically because Fitz chose Seattle, they're going to lose this time, round right? because they seem to win when he picks against his own team. Uh, Chargers look strong. They need, to stay, they need to win to stay relevant. They've only lost two games a season. As has been well documented, they've lost those two games to uh, the Chiefs and the Rams, so two very good opponents to have lost to. Um, I think Seattle are strong, but they might not be quite up to this level yet. Um But yeah, like there, there's potential there. Their their offensive line has looked incredible. Their running backs have looked incredible. This is definitely a game that could be very interesting. And it's actually a bit of a gut check for the Chargers because this is going to be a hard-nosed Seattle team is playing against them. If you want to be deeply disturbed and slightly sick into your stomach, watch the two-minute-long Brian Baldinger video as he watches the Seattle blocking ad. Uh, it is it is disturbingly sexual uh, and. and We'll leave you physically ill. Can I, can I give you a fun Nick Mullins fact? Yes. Nick Mullins in
3: college compiled minus two hundred and ten rushing yards.
1: Yes, I like it. That is that is impressive. But nine touchdowns. <laughs> nine touchdowns on negative two hundred yards. That is that is an impressive stat line.
2: Undrafted, but as amazing with the Niners. Almost entirely on the practice squad, and it's only Jimmy Garoppolo effectively dying that actually got him into the roster to begin with.
1: Excellent. Oh dear. Next up we have the Houston taking on Denver. Uh, we've got for Houston across the board. Emmett, Houston, Denver? Yeah, Texans. Uh, and what about yourself, Dave? Yeah, Texans. Uh, yeah, so Fitz, shall you tell us a quick bit about this game? Like,
4: Yeah, so obviously Denver right now are kind of in sell-off mode. I don't think anyone expects Fanshawe to be there. While the Texans, because they're in the AFC South happen to be leading that division. And obviously, they just traded for various talents. so obviously they think they have a good season on their hands. Obviously, we know that Houston's weaknesses are huge, uh, namely their, OL, their offensive line and their defensive backs. But, you know, the talent in terms of uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Sean Watson, and even Lamar Miller getting in there, and the offense has been pretty good. And then the defense, we know, J.J. Watt, uh, Jadavie Clowney, Whitney Marliss, and this. Uh, Yeah, Houston just has so much more, Really good, talented players. Whereas you know, Denver have you know, right now really Bob well, Miller. That's about it.
1: No, of course. Uh, so we'll see. Because like I said, this Denver team just looks a bit a bit shaky, and they're they've just gotten rid of pieces while Houston have gained them. Uh, next up is my pick of the week: the LA Rams, New Orleans. Uh, I've gone for the Rams. You two have gone for New Orleans. Uh, Emmett they're going with the Rams. And by the way,
2: they give up a third next year and a fifth twenty twenty for power.
1: Yeah, saw that there. And what about yourself, Dave?
0: Um. Uh... I couldn't pick it, man.
1: I don't know. It's going to be tight. It is, yeah. I've gone for the Rams in on this one. I think this is going to be a great game. We've seen New Orleans the last two weeks take on tough defences and be able to come out on top. They've been scoring well, albeit Breeze had a bit of a wobbly one last week. Uh, they were able to get it done because they do have quite a balanced-looking offence. The Rams' offence looks electric, but their defence, as we mentioned, has been a little bit suspect of late. This new addition might be fun to see how that, how that might plug and play with Dante Fyreler coming over. Um... I think this is going to be an extremely exciting game to watch. I think it's going to be two teams who are playoff bound looking at what could well be a preview of uh, like an NFC championship game here. Uh, so I, I, if, if, if you've got the ability to do it, turn it on, book the morning, off, the morning off work on Monday and just like watch this and then possibly watch it again because I think it's going to be an absolute fireworks.
4: Come on. Kamara and Gurley in the same game like that's
1: some ridiculous yeah. kind of shit going to be going on oh yeah like this is, this is also like this is not just a game for like for football fans it's also like if you just like fantasy football watch this because this is going to be very close to it and probably involves every one of your teams yeah if you
3: just like fantasy football and don't actually like real football like come on man
1: <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, I don't even watch the games. I just like just read the screens. We'll the get and
3: Dicker on the podcast to discuss his yeah, we do next year. <laughs> uh,
1: next up, uh, Green Bay at New England. Uh, I'm amazed we all went for Green- New England across the board. No one's going for the upset. Uh, Dave, are you taking Green Bay or New England? New England. Okay, so Evan, are you going to be the c- 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 combo breaker?
2: Uh, I am uh, I'm going for Green Bay because I went to see Mandy last night lads and I've seen what happens when one man gets really really angry and gets brave in his vengeance oh that's uh, the for new Kay film isn't it to Aaron Rodgers last night the Patriots are going to be the ones who uh, who understand what it's like when one takes all the drugs Packers uh, to win
3: yeah it should be inter- well the like, Patriots are already the team that understands what happens when one takes all the drugs because we've got Josh Gordon on the roster it's very true
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, I wasn't
3: Oh. I would say if you, if you
1: saw
0: how
1: useful if you saw how angry Aaron Rodgers was when he flung his helmet at the sideline after Ty Montgomery at the end of the last game I'd imagine he's out with like a lot of, lot of anger in the blood um Interesting fact is just come up now with that with, the, with that trade the Rams defensive front will be led by four former first round picks Aaron Donald Donovan Sue uh, Michael Brockers and Dante Fowler Jesus Christ that is a scary lunch load uh, final uh, the schedule makers were very nice and they kept uh, like the really really bad teams to both the uh, the Thursday night and the Monday night <laughs> games this week uh, Tennessee Titans take on the Dallas Cowboys uh, we're going for Dallas across the board Emmett you Dallas as well? Why not, I mean, who cares? Yeah,
0: and uh, Dave? No, I'm not for Dallas, I'm up for Ezekiel
1: Elliott. Okay, fair enough. Uh, to be honest, I don't give a shit about this game. No. Uh, so no, that was some good analysis. Uh, so any other crack with yourselves, lads? Any plans for the rest of the week, weekend? It's like I suppose we're all we're all spread around a bit more, so it's not as, as easily condensed. Uh, we're looking forward to a good weekend of football. I think this might be the best weekend of games uh, I think there's one in like, like week 12 or 13 that looks good as well but this is a tasty lineup, isn't it
2: yeah it's, it's a good one I think we're not quite at peak red zone day, but it's definitely going to be up there of course I'm doing this while I'll actually be in Lisbon because uh, I'm off to watch it. Paddy Cosgrave tell us how Brady is again no, so, uh, oh god
1: down to the, the tech thing
2: the web summit yeah uh, so I'll be there for the week uh, but it's like there's some real sort of you know games you could not watch the full game of, but you'll happily watch the red zone version of in that front slate, which is definitely makes them very watchable. Like Bears Bills could be awful, but I imagine it'd be enough to. Want to have Hansen lose his brain
1: over? Yeah, no, it should be, should be a good one. Looking forward to it. I'd say, uh, we'll probably meet up and have a have a couple of pints for it. Right. Be nice. A couple uh, couple of scoops. Might, uh, might even, might even chance to take the uh, take the Monday morning off and watch that Green Bay New England game because that could yeah, that's be that's very really good. good. Um, but we'll see how it how it goes. Uh, I think yeah, there's nothing else too wild or crazy planned for this weekend. I don't think we just had our we just had our presidential election. Obviously, uh, Michael D came back. Uh, the racists won twenty percent of the vote. Party times. Uh, time to go and fix that yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah no nothing else as always uh, we didn't do any questions this week but if you want to send in questions Facebook Twitter uh, Date, Harry's reopened the, the profile on that again uh, I don't know if he wants questions about football on it but you find him there
2: <laughs> I was going to say, is Jaden even active in Ireland,
1: like? And I actually did
3: did just to see, and there's like literally two people on it. <laughs>
2: uh, haha Clinton Dicks Dix has
3: just been traded to the Mizungus. Oh wow! Very last good. minute one in there under the wire.
1: Yeah, well, there's still 20 minutes left, or 15 minutes left, I think. Uh, oh yeah, we're, but we're, there, not, but
3: we're not recording another 15 minutes. Come on. No, we're not. Minutes.
1: We're not. <laughs> we will drop, we'll drop something in if needs be. Uh, but yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I suppose that'll wrap us up for now. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll do more questions next week. Week, so, send them in, we'll get them there. So, I so suppose it's uh, bye from myself, bye from Harry, Great. bye from Ronan, bye from Emmet bye from, bye. Bye from Dave. Bye bye. This has been all four quarters, the extended edition, and we will chat to you next week.